This is The Dugout. Weekly interviews with Mariners manager Scott Service. Brought to you by Pizza Hut and by Mazda of Everett. Inside access to the clubhouse from Shannon Dreyer. Every Tuesday at 1 with Jake and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station. The home of the Mariners. You are listening to The Dugout. It is all Mariners from 1 to 2. We are going to have Scott Service join us for the Scott Service Show right at the top of the hour. We're going to ask him about Kyle Lewis. Got some fun stuff to talk about with Julio's very first home run. This one coming on the road. Also, Logan Gilbert. Congratulations. AL Pitcher of the Month. Later, we're going to take a look around MLB. We're also going to talk with broadcaster Aaron Goldsmith. And welcome on Mariners Insider Shannon Dreyer to wrap up the hour and take a look ahead at what remains of this road trip and also this series against the Astros. Mariners with a chance to at least win the series should they win their next two. It's not going to be easy. They've got uh, uh, Matt Brash against uh, Verlander uh, coming up on Wednesday. Today they've got Flexen, so uh, Brash a little shaky in his last start. Still showing some good stuff. We'll see what he can do. Still two days out from that one. Chris Flexen, we know can be good. Hasn't gotten a ton of run support this year, Jake, but hopefully the Mariners can try to salvage what's left of this road trip with a series win over Houston. For sure, and and you mentioned that those uh, the run support. I mean, Flexen's you know, you're hoping that he can get a little bit more than what he's been given. And, and unfortunately, the bats have kind of been cold uh, over the last little bit. So, you know, hopefully uh, Flexen will get some more help uh, tonight. But uh, honestly, he had had an outstanding performance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and it was it was kind of heartbreaking to see him, you know, at the end of that last game with Tampa Bay not be rewarded. Right. I mean, he he leaves the game after. You know, a, a pitch comes back, uh, hits him in the foot, um, and, and gives up a run. And and Flexen outside of that was was dynamite, fantastic. So uh, excited to see him back on the mound, and and he looked more like the Flexen we saw last year in 2021 and so to me that's a really bright sign that's going to be a 5 10 p.m first pitch for today's game uh tomorrow is going to be a day game so keep that in mind you're not looking at two evening games back to back you're looking at an afternoon game on wednesday and then 5 10 p.m first pitch today joining us right now for the scott service show it's the man himself the skip scott service uh scott how's it going we're doing okay. We are over in Houston today, and we're about to play our eighth consecutive game in a dome. Oh. So uh, it's been a crazy trip for us so far. How are you guys? Uh, we are well, and it's it's been a crazy trip for you guys as well because you were slowly getting pieces of the squad back together. I mean, last time we uh, we were talking with Christopher, uh, you were still uh, getting back from COVID. We're able to manage the game that night, but you guys got Hanniger back on the road, Seawall back. I mean. You've kind of been trying to compete on the road while also facing some uh, some tough obstacles as far as guys being out. Yeah, you know, it, it was a little, uh, it's been a challenge, but not just us. It's it's affected, the COVID stuff has affected other teams in the league as well. But uh, yeah, we got Paul Seawald back in the mix, um, like you mentioned. And so unfortunately, um, when we got, you know, Mitch back in the lineup, uh, that first at bat, he, he tweaked his ankle pretty good. So you know, he's out right now. Um, not sure what the timeline looks like there. Uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. We certainly need him in our lineup and such a big part of what we do here offensively. So, uh, you know, we're grinding through it right now. Uh, I haven't swung the bats that great on this trip, but hopefully it turns around tonight and we can get some, some of the magic going that we had on the last homestand. Uh, we certainly need it on the offensive side. Scott, is it more of something where, you know, sometimes you get outside the game plan uh, in terms of dominating the zone and, and having a great eye for it? Do you see some of that happening? Or is it more just, look, we're, we're just not, 
we're seeing the pitches, we're swinging at the right pitches, we're just not making the contact like we were during the homestand. Yeah, it's a combination of things. You know, some guys have gotten off to slower starts in the season. Uh, we were, were able to put some, some good rallies and pressure on opposing teams when we were at home. We haven't been able to do it as consistently on the road for a number of different reasons. You know, we, we've seen certain nights, we've seen really quality starting pitching. Uh, other nights, you know, you think you got some chances to do some damage and, you know, ultimately you've got to hit with runners in scoring position. And, you know, if you do that, everything kind of works really nicely. <laughs> you <can> score <laughs> runs and, and everything is in a good spot. But when you don't, it becomes a little bit of a struggle. Uh, last night, we just really couldn't get much going offensively at all against Odorizzi. He pitched us a little bit differently than he did at home. Uh, we anticipated that might happen, but we did not make great adjustments. And, you know, I thought Marco threw the ball really well, gave us a shot. We were still in the ball game, but, you know, couldn't put anything together, together late in that game. Well, Scott, you talk about, you know, uh, bats, you know, cooling off, but one bat that is heating up is Julio Rodriguez. I mean, it's been really fun to watch him over the last 16, 17 games really start to, uh, you know, put it all together a little bit. What have you seen from him? What have been some of the changes, you know, during that time span? I don't really think he's made any changes at all. Um, I think it's the same guy we saw, you know, in spring training. Um, Certainly everybody's excited about his future and where it's headed, but he didn't have any experience at the major league level. So there's so much new, there's so much different things that are going on uh, around your day and certainly the level of competition. But uh, he's made, uh, I shouldn't say made adjustments. He's just, he's adapted. Mm. Um, he's, He's got a good feel for, you know, the speed of the game, what it's going to be like. Um, he's getting some bigger hits for us. Hit the huge home run in Miami uh, on Sunday, uh, his first one, which was an absolute bomb. But uh, what does go a little bit under the radar is how well he's played in center field. Yes. Uh, I think he's done an outstanding job out there. He continues to cover a lot of ground. He's, he's in the right spots. He's throwing to the right bases, you know, doing all the things that kind of, like I said, don't show up in the box score. And he's done a nice job out there, no matter whether he's hitting or not. Skip, I'm going to ask you a question that's going to annoy you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Only because <laughs> every question. That's a great lead-in. Thank that you. That goes a long way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's not a bad question. It's just, to me, it's interesting. To you, it's probably like, oh, what's the big deal? But I'm genuinely curious. Uh, so earlier, Shannon pointed out that Frazier was doing some work in left field. You guys uh, sent your lineups out. Frazier is still hitting leadoff, but in left field tonight. So I am genuinely curious uh, as to what goes into that kind of decision. Uh, giving Jesse Winker a DH day is what goes into that decision. And, uh, you know, with, with Haney being out, uh, you know, Dylan Moore has played some outfield for us. They have a right-hander on the mound tonight, a guy who, who is much tougher on right-handed hitters than he has left-handed hitters. So um, Adam Frazier's played about 70 to 80 games uh, in the outfield, in left field in his major league career. Uh, when, when we acquired him, it's something that, you know, we said that he can move around the field a little bit. So um, he has not played there this year. But, you know, left field here in Houston is very small. It's not particularly hard to play. The fact that if it goes over your head, it's probably going to go in the seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's more than, and cap- more than willing and capable of, of doing it. So it allows us to keep the left-handed bats in the lineup with Toro at second. We'll get Gino back at third. But the biggest thing is, you know, we're on a streak and we're playing 16 consecutive days. And if you can get these guys a, a DH day and, and kind of get them off their feet in the field without losing their bat in the lineup, I think it's something that's important, you know, certainly as we, we move throughout the season and the stretch we're in right now. So that's what went into that decision. Interesting, Scott, uh, Logan Gilbert, 
American League Pitcher of the Month. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, what have you seen from him to start that's that's led to this, you know, uh, dominating performance for him? And how good does it feel knowing that when he hits the mound, he's going to be able to shut it down? He's been fantastic. Can't say enough uh, about the start that he's gotten off to. And it really, we really saw it in spring training when right away from the early in spring training, the first couple of bullpens, you could tell that, you know, the quality of his secondary pitches had improved so much, but it's a bullpen, you know, how's that going to play out once the game start? And he has, he just hasn't backed off. Um, he's in a, a really good spot as far as where he's at mentally. Um, you know, when you get to, to be around Logan, he's a little bit unassuming and, and somewhat quiet. Uh, he's much different uh, when he takes the mound. He's very aggressive very on the attack mode and he should be with the weapons that he has obviously he's got a great fastball but the development of his slider uh, has really been huge you know the changeup has really gotten more consistent and now mixing in the curveball as well so you take a, a guy with an elite fastball and you put really quality secondary pitches in there and the guy who's a, <laughs> a really good competitor and you look up and he's off to a great start so um, I say all that and as I'm talking right now he's sitting with the pitching coaches going over his most recent starts, he's always constantly focused on getting better. What can I do to get a little bit better? He had a great month, but he's not satisfied. And there's a lot of guys that are wired that way with this ball club. So, uh, But he, Logan's put in a ton of work. Um, I'm really excited for him and, and what it means for our team here going forward. Scott, uh, someone else who's off to a fast start, I mean, you could say a couple guys, but J.P. Crawford has been – Awesome. It's been great to see him pick up where he's left off and even better. Uh, you know, his average 375 OPS over a thousand on base, you know, almost 470. It's, it's been amazing. His wars too. I mean, it's just been sensational, but, uh, it's been really cool to see when you guys moved him up to the five slot, how he's really, you know, just responded and seems to be a guy, no matter where you put him in the lineup, he can, he can just flat out hit. How, how good is it to know that you've got a guy in JP that, that's going to bring it every night? Yeah, JP's really taken a step forward um, offensively, and, and um, I've always talked about you know how he's wired and, and, and a competitor that he is. He he likes to he's very focused on winning, and um, you know it's not you know about his stats or his numbers or things like that. It's just you know what can I do to help the team win? And um, seeing him come along uh, offensively, he's just he's squaring more balls up. He's hitting the ball in the air with a little bit more authority. A few of them have carried over the fence. Um, and as far as, you know, where he hits in the lineup, I know everybody makes a big <laughs> a big deal about it. Um, he's been very productive, no matter where we put him. And he'll continue to move around different spots in the lineup based on how other guys are going and where their team's going. But, you know, it's it's been, you know, I, I moved him up in the five spot. He took it and ran with it. I hit him third one night. He had a home run that night. Yeah. Uh, we were giving Winker a day off. But for our <laughs> team to be good, you know, really, and that's what we're shooting for here is, is you know, play these meaningful games in September and get over the hump, get in the playoffs. You know, these other guys need to get going, and they they will. They've got track record, both Winker and Suarez. But where JP's sitting right now, he's been critical uh, spot in that lineup. He keeps the lineup moving, and uh, you know, he like I said, he I don't think he's really concerned where he's hitting. I know he's going to give us a good at bat, and no matter where it's at, and that's what the most important thing is. Hey, Skip, uh, I think. Obviously, there are a lot of stories with all these guys we're following, and that honestly includes you. And I think one of the things we talk about most is, you know, managing a young team and managing a team that's uh, kind of on the brink of something as opposed to a team that's been there, right? And there's pros and cons that goes with that. So I'm curious, from your point of view, what's been kind of the two sides of the coin of managing a very young team that's still learning, but also managing a young team that's really exciting? 
Yeah, I think the you know the, the positive fun aspect of it is I've mentioned it a little bit earlier the, the the environment around our team, the camaraderie amongst this group. It really has the feeling of like a, a college team or a minor league team. They 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 get along, they work very well together, they get on each other, they hold each other accountable in the clubhouse, um, and that part of it is is, is fun. Uh, I love being around that type of environment and kind of help helping move that along. I think you know on the flip side when you do have some younger players, some inexperienced, you are going to be hot and cold at times. And and I think that's what we've seen early in our season. You know, when we're playing well, everything's really clicking. I think one of the be- we're one of the best teams in the league. And I don't have any, you know, I don't hold back in, in saying that or, or feeling that way. And I think on the flip side, because we are a little experienced, you know, when we, we go in a little bit of a swoon offensively, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, guys just, you know, they don't have the experience out quickly to get out of those little funks they get into. And that's something that we're working through right now. So, uh, again, uh, I love our club uh, and how it's wired. Um, you know, we need to stay healthy. We need to get Hanny back. We need to get some other guys to, to get it going offensively. But, uh, you know, the, the, the mission here and kind of what we're shooting for this year has not changed, and it's not going to change. We'll keep focusing on getting better and you know, that this road trip has been a challenge offensively. We have a chance to turn it around tonight. Our guys are in here early, getting to work, and we're ready to do it. Speaking of getting healthier, it will not surprise you that every time you join us, we have listeners asking about Kyle Lewis. So I'm going to forward along the question this time around to mm-hmm. see if there's a new update on Kyle. Yeah, Kyle's going to start a rehab assignment. I think he starts tonight in Tacoma. Uh, so That's he's been nice. feeling really good. He's been playing down in Arizona, extended spring games with the younger players. He's played in back-to-back games. He's played in the outfield. So I, I'd laid eyes on kind of his program here over the next few weeks how that, that schedule is laid out for him to play, DH, have a day off, uh, kind of how it's worked out. Um, he's ready to ramp it up. He's really anxious to get going and eventually get back and help us. But I want to make sure he's at 100%. So I'll wait to hear how things are going in Tacoma. But I believe he's starting a rehab assignment tonight. So that's all good. That's fantastic news. And, I, you know, Skip, I do have to say, I, I held off on all of my most annoying questions. The most annoying was just going to be about the lineup. So. <laughs> that was my that was my gift but for you. It, it, it's, it's either about the lineup, it's the umpires. You know, I, I got thrown out the other day. I don't know if you saw it. I did. But, uh, I was like, don't ask about back. it. Don't ask about it, Stacey. But she was thrilled. She was thrilled, was so Scott. Excited, she Scott. was pumped. I was so excited. I, I will say this, guys. I have to throw this in there. So I had to sit at home for five days and watch the games on TV because I had COVID. Uh-huh. And watching the games on TV was a, a much different perspective, obviously, than being in the dugout. And you are so hyper-focused on that box, yeah. on the strike zone. And now I kind of understand where uh, the fans and you guys get so upset on every pitch that is an inch or two inches off the plate that gets called the strike, because that's what I was doing as I was watching mm-hmm. the game. And um, part of me was like, you know, the umpire's terrible. This has to get better. How are we ever going to have a chance? Everybody's screwing us. And then when I moved back into the dugout, I was like, wow, it's actually a little bit easier to watch the game when you don't have the box in front of you every day. So it increases the stress level. Uh, I know I felt it when I was watching the games at home, and I certainly feel for our fans. You know, you don't get the call. Um, but understand that we can't see that box from the dugout. Yeah. So oftentimes we don't, don't get a, a word on it. But it does uh, raise the anxiety level and the stress level. I know I felt it when I was sitting home. I could see it. it's good perspective though for us to remember you know like what it looks like from your guys's perspective in there but he is the skipper Scott Service joins us every Tuesday for the Scott Service show. Scott good luck with the rest of this series have fun.
Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Scott. The Scott Service Show is presented by Pizza Hut with support from Mazda of Everett. Good news on Kyle Lewis, by the way. Fantastic. Fantastic uh, news on Kyle Lewis, and that would be, you know, obviously hope everything goes well during this rehab assignment down there in Tacoma. And anybody that that wants to check out Kyle Lewis, hey, drive on down to Tacoma, see the Rainiers. I mean, uh, it's a Stop off at the Heaps house. Exactly, which is... uh, Get some snacks. That's right. I mean, we'll we'll put out... If Jackson, Bodie, they'll put out their lemonade stand. You know, they'll uh, get ready to go. They'll give you refreshments on your way. In my entire life. Say what now? The rudest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Yeah. I was at my... The like four jobs ago, uh-huh. um, my coworker, her son had a lemonade stand. I was mm-hmm. like, cute, adorable. I mean, you probably don't have a food server's handler's permit or whatever, but I'll support <laughs> you. And uh, so I go up and I'm with another coworker. My other coworker uh-huh. goes up. He gets a glass of lemonade, 25 cents. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, buddy, you got to charge more for that. I'm next in line. I go up and the kid goes $4. What? I was like, are you serious? This guy just paid 25 cents. You're going to upcharge me. Four dollars? Are you joking right now? Did you pay it? Obviously. Oh, Stacy, it's, it's so kid. annoying. It's so annoying. No, to, you got to teach them no. life lessons. No, I couldn't say no at that point. It yes, was you could. yes, you could. Yes, you could. I can. Your coworker totally sold you out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> for a tiny glass of lemonade, it's crystal light. It wasn't <sighs> fresh squeezed lemons. Get out of here. Wow. This hour, of Jake and Stacy, brought to you by Pendergast Law. Let's take a look around MLB for some MLB headlines. ESPN's Dave Schoenfield gave the Reds an F minus minus. For the month of April. They're currently 319, by the way. Important uh, time for me to tell you that one time I did get an A++. Well, <laughs> of course you did. Good for you, Stacey. You. Get a gold star. Thank you very much. Uh, F-. Minus. I don't know if I've ever seen that before, but if there's a team that's ever more deserving of an F-, minus, minus, it is the Reds. And from the product that they're putting out there on the field to the relationship that they have with their fan base, I mean... They are taking a lot of L's right now in more ways than one. And, you know, this is exactly the type of organization that is, to me, right now, how they're running it is a stain to the game. It's exactly what, you know, players want to avoid. It's exactly what the fan bases want to avoid. Uh, and this is a worse nice nightmare situation, I feel, for the fans in Cincinnati. Showing Cincinnati. right up of it, by the way, is just objectively funny. Best storyline, none. Nothing. Fans wearing bags over their heads and saying, sell the team signs to the ballpark. (laughs) On the good side, or on the bright side, plenty of good seats still available. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Oh, David, that's hilarious. All right, next headline here. Shohei Otani's next start is up in the air. So here's what's interesting about this. As we know, the Angels are kind of that team everyone's watching in the AL West. Mm -hmm. uh, Still ahead of the Mariners. Mariners in second right now. Houston going to be closing in here. Uh, Shohei Otani with a groin injury has been out of the rotation. TBD on his next start, but could pinch hit as soon as today. Yeah, uh, annoyingly so are they the team that's leading the AL AL West. He just hasn't stopped being great. Uh, No, no, not at all. And and here we are hyper-focused on the Astros, and then all of a sudden the Angels are really good. Um, But uh, this is one of those where, look, as a Mariners fan, what I would say to Otani is, hey, man, don't rush. Don't rush. Just take your time. Make sure that groin is 100% healthy. You know, if you got to miss a week, two weeks. Yeah. To make sure that you're in Relax. great shape, just like six months. D- yeah, just don't even worry about Honestly, it. It's all good, you know. I think it's better if you maybe just sit the season. Maybe I mean it's under consideration, right? Yeah. Like those, it just, just those even the injuries. slightest strain to the yeah. groin, they can they can flare up. They say they, they say you have a better chance of tearing your elbow 
if you have a groin injury. They say that and most Tommy John surgeries follow uh-huh. a very minor groin strain. <laughs> it's true. I've read that. Weird. I don't I don't remember where I read it, That's, but I read uh, it. The Mayo Clinic. Someone should give that <laughs> WebMD. WebMD. Uh-huh. WebMD.com. Someone should send that info to show Otani. Weird correlation. Not sure how it works, but it it, it exists. Just uh, trust us. Next story here. Jake Sky says Suzuki was named NL Rookie of the Month for April. Oh, bad news bears, Jake. Sorry, so Jake. sorry about that. that. It's okay. There. It gets better. Why would you do this? Well, let me help you feel a little bit you, better. No, no, no. You need to hide that from me no. because I was having a great Absolutely day no, I've until you put underline. that in front of me. Well, Why? Look, I have something that will at least make you laugh. Remember that one time we played that call of Yankees announcer John Sterling just having a real rough time judging a home run? And <laughs> yeah, that just, was pretty funny. Well, it happened again. Pitch, one, two. Swung on, hit the air to right. Back goes Stanton on the track at the wall, leaping, and she is gone. It is a home run. They're all waiting. And why are they waiting? Because Stanton caught the ball. <laughs> and coming off the field is Chapman. Stanton never threw the ball back in. No, Stanton just robbed Chapman of a home run. Wow. What a play by, by Stanton. Oh, Why are no. they all waiting? Because Stanton caught the ball. Oh, God bless you. Oh, Stanton no. caught the ball, John. Uh... Look, what's going on here with John Sterling? Like, Look, should we be should we be worried well, about him? Been that successful for that long? You, you can just start you can to, slip up a little bit. He's probably but. playing Sudoku while he's doing this, <laughs> filing some taxes. Well, the Yankees broadcasters are traveling again, so he doesn't have the excuse oh, that le- right. He's in person. Oh, so last well. year there may have been the excuse that you know oh, my TV feed was out, what ha- what have you. But this yeah. was uh, in front of his very own eyes. Correct, and he and his. His reasoning was, oh, he didn't throw the ball back in. Well, well, when it's out three, <laughs> you don't need to, and you can run it in. Speaking of throwing balls, last story Poor here guy. for MLB headlines. Cardinals pitcher Ryan Helsley was clocked with the fastest pitch of 2022, 103 miles per hour. That surpasses Andres Munoz's 102.8 mile per hour earlier this season. You know what that means, Andres. Get Let back rip. out there. Let her rip. It's time, it's time to crank <laughs> that, that thing back up. Back. Now, Andres Munoz, he's been what? Like 60%? Uh, he's been 60% with his slider, right? Like that's been his go-to pitch more so than it has All been I his know fastball. All I I stop what I'm doing and I watch. What I need – well, that's very true. I do the same thing. But what we need is we need that information to get to Andres Munoz so that he can see that and – he needs to surpass this. 103, we need 103.1. Come on, Andre. So let's let's make this happen. Counterpoint, we send that information to Shohei Otani and just say, you know what, sit, just sit this one out again. Pitchers are just doing crazy things now. <laughs> you don't want to... You don't want to compete with You don't want to hurt the Tommy John, which then is going to hurt easy, the groin. Bro. You don't... You just don't want to put yourself in that situation. All right, let's preview the rest of the Mariners road trip here in Houston with Mariners broadcaster Aaron Goldsmith next. You're listening to The Dugout every Tuesday at 1 with Jake and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners. You are listening to The Dugout on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Joining us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline, going to be Wichita's own Aaron Goldsmith. Aaron, how's it going? Stacy, Jake, it's fantastic. How are you guys doing? Uh, great. We're happy to have you. I mean, it hasn't been the road trip everyone wanted, but still some good moments, like Julio's first home run. Certainly great to see that. It's been a little weird to see the bats cool throughout 
right now three series. But, uh, Aaron, what do you think's gone on to that, just the waves of a season? I think it's the waves of the season. I think uh, I think every year for every team, you could probably highlight, highlight and isolate pockets of time where you face easier pitching versus harder pitching. And for whatever reason, there are stretches where it feels like it really kind of piles up on itself. Um, I think you can make the case when the Mariners, you know, saw the Rangers and the Royals at home. That was probably more on the easier side. And then they hit the road and they faced some, some really good pitching, uh, and really all three stops, uh, where they're just now beginning in Houston. So yes, I think it's, it's the kind of the randomness of the season. And then also the fact that the, the wackiness of offense this first month and a half, let's call it in baseball. So I think this is probably nothing. All that surprising, uh, but nevertheless, that doesn't make it any more fun to go through. That is certainly certainly true about that, Aaron. Uh, you know, when you talk about you know the strike zone, there's been so much that has made been made out of it this year, more so than any other time that I can remember. Jeff Passan, I don't know if you had a chance to see that article that he had put out there about the strike zone and how the umpires are graded differently than maybe we see from you know our eyes on TV and from social media. Uh, what is your opinion on how the game fixes this issue? Because it just doesn't seem to be an issue that they can continue to keep letting it be the same way throughout, you know, for time and all eternity. Well, I have, first of all, I'll preface this by saying I certainly don't have any inside information at all. Uh, but I, I will say that I think it's, it does seem uh, fairly clear to just even the, the average fan who's dialed into this kind of thing, that the electronic strike zone is coming. So with that in mind, for as frustrating as these calls are, and it's not just the Mariners, obviously the other all 30 teams are dealing with this on a nightly basis. Uh, the thing that kind of helps put me to sleep at night is knowing that, like, the clock's ticking. Mm. And this is <clears throat> We're not going to be living with this for, I don't know if it's fair to say, that much longer. I don't know how much that much longer is. But this is going to be a thing of the past, is by all indications that I can tell. Obviously, we know they're experimenting with the electronic strike zone in the minor leagues once again this year. Uh, whenever that technology becomes uh, foolproof, we will see that in the major leagues. I don't think there's any question about it. So uh, I don't think that makes uh, Julio feel any better. I wouldn't say that to Julio's face <laughs> based on what, what he has been through this year. But uh, nevertheless... Yes, it, it has been frustrating, but uh, I guess credit to Major League Baseball for trying to implement the technology at the lower levels, use that as the, the Petri dish and the test kitchen, and bring it to the Major Leagues whenever the technology is, is locked down and, and ready to be used on a 162-game basis. Now, the bats have cooled a little bit on the road, but Logan Gilbert's still hot. What's he been able to tap into so well this year? Well, Logan is, man, I, I know we've talked about this on the broadcast, but like nothing that Logan does is surprising. And I don't think, like if he threw 100 miles an hour, I would be surprised by that because that, that would be amazing. Uh, he comes pretty close on a nightly basis. But other than that, like nothing that Logan does is surprising. And I think one of the great joys of this year will be watching where this season takes Logan Gilbert. And even after this year, Stacey, I think we're going to go into 2023 and we're going to say, what's the ceiling for Logan Gilbert? Because it's going to take time to exactly figure that out because he's got the whole package. I mean, he's 
got the freakazoid analytic things that you love to talk about and see. He's got just the pure raw stuff, right? He's got the 97-mile-an-hour fastball. He's got the vicious retooled slider. He's got a changeup. He's got a curveball. He's got all four pitches. He has the intellect and the makeup that you want in a lead dog in your rotation. And he's got the character and this guy that you want to have in the community, in the clubhouse, on the billboards. I mean, he, he is, he's got it all. And the Mariners were really thrilled when he fell to him, to the Mariners in the draft years ago. And they've been talking him up uh, for a long time now. And we're seeing why it's, it's everything you could want. And I think it's well-deserved for Logan to get that hardware, that honor right away, American league pitcher of the month. And there's a pretty good chance. It's not, not the only one he ends up winning. Goldie, there, there's opportunities for reinforcements to be coming. I mean, namely Kyle Lewis, you know, you were hoping that he would just kind of be a cherry on top to what you already have. And with the lineup, you know, right now, the uncertainty, the the injury to Mitch Hanniger, uh, the inconsistent start and the struggles of Jared Kelnick, man, this seems to be something that everyone is kind of hoping everything goes well so that you can get Kyle Lewis added to this lineup. Uh, what would be reasonable expectations for him uh, if he was able to return to the big league club? That's a great question. Stay healthy, man. Stay healthy. Like it's it's going to take a village to keep him healthy, keep him on the field. He's missed so much time. Unfortunately, that American League Rookie of the Year award feels like a really long time ago. Yeah, and we have seen what Kyle Lewis can do when he's right. I mean, he's a game changer. He's a major impact player, and he's got the tools offensively and defensively. And you're right. There was a point where you felt like when you knew that he was not going to break camp with the Mariners and the Mariners got Jesse Winker and they had Julio to begin the season and you're hoping for good things for Jared Kelnick and you've got Mitch Haniger, you're feeling like you're in this position of just pure riches that at some point you're going to get Kyle Lewis and Scott's going to be pulling his hair out saying, how am I making all this fit? And it could be a position where the Mariners are like, they need Kyle Lewis. Um, they need him to get back, be healthy, perform, and be that guy that we saw a couple of years ago. And there's a reason why this guy was named the best college baseball player uh, his final season. There's a reason why he was drafted in the first round. There's a reason why he won the American League Rookie of the Year, because he has so many tools that are game-changing and will help you win games on a nightly basis. And my goodness, at this point, we're all hoping that we can see that sooner rather than later. And as you mentioned, going out on the rehab assignment beginning tonight, sounds like things are moving in the right direction for Kyle Lewis. It was great to hear, obviously, that from you. We heard that from Service earlier today talking about him. I know that I'm speaking for all three of us here. We just can't wait to see him back out there. So you're right. Hopefully that's uh, sooner rather than later and uh, going to be really exciting to see how this team starts to take shape, right? When's George Kirby coming up? Guys like that. So still a young team. Lots of season left to play, though. Fingers crossed they can uh, get a win in this final series on the road. He is Mariners broadcaster Aaron Goldsmith. Aaron, thanks so much for taking the time. Jake and Stacey, appreciate it, guys. We'll thanks, Aaron. See ya. All right, you are listening to The Dugout on Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Wrapping things up with a preview of the rest of this series with Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Dugout every Tuesday at 1 with Jake and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners.
You are listening to The Dugout on Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. We are wrapping this one up with Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer. Our conversation with Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer, powered by Pacific Lamp and Supply. Shannon, how's it going? It's going. I'm a little bit down. We have been indoors for every game of this road trip. And then I just looked at the weather for when we come back. And while we technically won't be indoors, we will be undercover. <laughs> I have great news. Mobile, it's raining. Which I, I think, yes. Yeah, so it's following us. Oh, no. <laughs> Shannon, is it weird, you know, to be in that environment? Are you just like, can, can, can we get the open air? Can we just see, get an open ballpark here? Well, it was really, it's aggravating because, like, when you, obviously, you can't do anything about it in Tampa, but when you're in Miami and you're seeing that the temps are, like, 78, 80 degrees in the evening, well, <laughs> I don't mind feeling a little bit of a tropical breeze, maybe a little bit of humidity right. during the game. And then here in, in Houston, the same thing where, you know, 99 out of 100 nights, it's going to be too hot to have this this puppy open. But, you know, last night again, it, it, yesterday topped out at 88 degrees. I would venture by game time. It was in the lower 80s and dropping into the upper 70s. Why aren't these roofs open? And, well, the answer is, is with some of these buildings, sometimes they're not easy to open and, and close. And also, it, it seems that teams prefer, the hitters prefer to have the, them closed. I don't so. know. I think yeah. you could write a strongly worded letter, Shannon. <laughs> you know, you don't see that weather it. often. I'm, yes, yes. It's just like, please, this uh, is this is about me. Uh, Shannon, now I'm not using this as an excuse whatsoever. Yes. I want to be very clear about that. But like, what has been the environment like in Tampa and with Miami in terms of that? You know, the dome and the crowds there. Has it felt dull? I mean, it just is. It's unbelievable to to see the emotional high that these players had being at home for the first time uh, having the success that they did and now traveling to the east coast on the road in these dome environments well you know tampa what they do in tampa is they pipe up the music and and the sound system's very loud so i, I think mm. you do get a little bit from that and uh, the crowds you know i think everybody's looking at them oh that's like oakland it's nothing like 2000 in oakland they did have some you know 10,000 12,000 like that and then miami we saw 28,000 when we were there so that was that's a good early april last night it was 26 here on a monday night so they've actually had for this time of the year some decent crowds but I think that they do, you know, obviously you talk to any ball player and they want to play in front of fans. They want to be able to feed off of that energy. And it is different when you're in a concrete dome like Tampa trying to make up for it with noise rather than actual fans. And Miami was just different all around. We don't go there very often. It's a different ballpark, obviously, different feel. You've got the Latin music going the entire time. Uh, it's what they do in the park for entertainment is different. And so I think along those lines, it's kind of fun to do something and see something that is a little bit different. But, I, you know, did it bring this team down? I don't think so. Um, so you've got uh, Chris Flexen tonight, 5.10 p.m. first pitch against Christian Javier. Tell us a bit about this matchup. It's a good matchup. I, I like what we've seen from Chris Flexen his last two times out. And, you know, really his only mistake the last time out was getting in the way and trying to stop a ball that he should have let get through. And uh, just kind of a little nugget on that. That was just, you saw him at the time just drop to the ground, put his head in his hands, and he knew right away, you know, I just cost us a run because the, the fielders behind him would have taken care of that. But it was also the next day he said he felt, you know, doubly hurt by doing this because that's how he got hurt in korea two years ago and broke his foot trying to stop a ball like that so it's a tough thing when a ball is coming at you not trying to stop it it's most instincts are going to have you try and make a play but 
Uh, you know, other than that, he has pitched very well his last two outings. I, I love that we are seeing great improvement with his cutter right now, and I talked to him about that, and he just said it's really confidence in that pitch and just kind of letting it rip, throwing it like it's a fastball and trusting the movement with it. So that's a pitch that's come through for him. Changeup is looking better for him too. So I think he's just going to kind of continue to improve with those pitches, and as they do, you will see an improvement from him. On the other side, I'll tell you, this we don't, you know, they're not the, the household names in the starting rotations when you had the, the, the Grinkies and I guess Verlander is still here and, and um, Cole and, and whatnot, but they've got young pitchers that uh, are it can be very good. And you know, there was a turn through this rotation late in the postseason where both Javier and Framber Valdez just were lights out and back-to-back outings. And just uh, I watched that uh, in the offseason and just went, oh, no. I mean, if this is what they are going to be, going forward this is going to be big trouble they've replenished and of course the next time they went out they were nothing like the brilliant outing before but you know that stuff is there and it's going to kick in at some point and and javier is off to a great start uh, era under two right now they're running with a six-man rotation because they're in a long stretch of games it's just a temporary thing but because of that their bullpen is a little bit short so if you can get to them and we really haven't seen in in the last few games the mariners take their walks as much as they have we haven't seen them get those pitches counts up i think tonight would be a good night to look for something like that uh shannon what have you seen from julio rodriguez over you know this 16 17 game stretch where he's really started to turn it on you know just sticking true to his process and his beliefs and what he should be doing out there and not giving in to the pressures of you know, what the pitchers are trying to do to him what umpires inadvertently and i don't think they're doing it on purpose but what has been happening in that regard which has been well documented and clearly is different than what we are seeing with anybody else right now in baseball and he's been steadfast and i'm not going to adjust to that they are going to have to adjust to me and we're also seeing he's got a little bit of a attitude you know kind of keeping the receipts on okay, you're going to walk Toro ahead of me. This is what's going to happen. You know, it's, it, it, you kind of Bold love move. that. There's a confidence. Well, he said it afterwards, but yeah. of course, uh, you know, he's done things like, you know, and God is watching when the umpires are messing up calls. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> you've got to love that. It's just, it has not deterred him in the least, and he is now being rewarded. You look back at his last 14 games in particular, he's hitting 308 over that time, and OPS just under 800. And uh, I like what he has done in that he he hasn't tried to do too much. He hasn't tried to swing his way out of the numbers that he's not accustomed to. He's taken what's been given to him, which is why you're not seeing the high power numbers. But he also you know, feels pretty good. Hey, if I get on first base, I'll be on second base pretty quickly. Although last night against Maldonado, I don't recommend that. Um, and, and I think just, you know, he, he has stayed remarkably, remarkably even keeled. For, you know, not just a rookie player, but a 21-year-old rookie with such big expectations on him. It's been great to watch. Yeah, no kidding. She is Shannon Dreher, Mariners insider for Seattle Sports and 710 AM. You can hear Shannon beginning at 4 p.m. with the Mariners pregame show, taking you right up to 510 p.m. first pitch. Shannon, thanks so much. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Shannon. All right, that lineup tonight, Adam Frazier in left field leading off. Ty France, Jesse Winker, DH, Eugenio Suarez, J.P. Crawford, Julio Rodriguez, Abraham Toro, is it second? Jared Kelnick still in right, Tom Murphy, and then Chris Flexen getting the start. Matt Brash for that start tomorrow as a reminder, you guys. Today's is also a 5.10 p.m. first pitch. Tomorrow, 11.10 a.m. We will not be here with you, but we'll all be tuning in for this game to see if the Mariners yes, we will. try to salvage a, a win of this 
this series. Obviously, that will depend on a win tonight. So let's see if they can get that done. This has been The Dugout on Seattle Sports Station and 710 in the Seattle Sports app. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, I, I guess all we can hope for is the Mariners can try to turn this thing around. But great news with Julio. We Big learned time. a ton about uh, Certainly did. what they've been able to do, um, you know, for, for the good parts of this series, right? The parts they've been able to salvage. Really interesting stuff hearing from Scott Service today. As a reminder, thank you to all of our guests also earlier yes. today for the dugout. To the Skip Scott Service, to Aaron Goldsmith, and to Shannon Dreyer. All right. We are taking you guys to Wyman and Bob. Don't forget a 4 p.m. pregame show for this Mariners game against Houston.